welcome into A to C Sports primetime on a Monday night from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising. You can hear me loud and clear. And I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the fine folks at Two Rivers Ford. Since 1983, they have been doing it at a high level. The best Ford dealer in Middle Tennessee is Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use the promo code A to Z Sports. Start cashing in on your winnings today. The Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage at GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address without the stress. GaryAshton.com, the official real estate agent of the Tennessee Titans. Check them out today. Brymac Mechanical, B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com, satisfaction guaranteed on all, every one of your HVAC needs. They will put you in your comfort zone this summer. Give them a call at Brymac Mechanical. All right, so. Now we have, uh, <laughs> I, I love, I love that the entire chat is trying to communicate, uh, is trying to communicate with one person and his name is fish spit on YouTube. That kills me. So we're off, we're off to a killer start tonight on the primetime show. Uh, we have a, a good bit of ground to cover over the course of, over the course of tonight. Yeah, no, it's not a false alarm. See, there he is in the chat on. On YouTube, he says, false alarm. My volume was turned down. That's not a false alarm, dummy. That's operator error. But we appreciate you getting it figured out and sticking through it. Billy Sullivan says, Buck, my wife hates you. You should <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Buck, my wife hates you. You should say hi to her. Her name is Lauren. Lauren, I'm sorry for whatever I have done to offend you, whether it be sports takes or otherwise. If it is just the fact that Billy, your husband, is is spending time in this chat at 8.30 on a Monday night, when instead he should be spending time with his lovely wife, Lauren. Lauren, my deepest sympathies. And before we get started with the show, I got to tell a story real quick, because it makes me laugh anytime we hear from people's significant others, right? I was standing in line uh, at a bar um, on, on a bar on, what is that, Division Street in Midtown, over there by over there by Vanderbilt. It's probably like two, three weeks ago. And I'm waiting in line and I'm, you know, somehow a conversation starts. I'm by myself. I'm meeting some friends inside. Somehow a conversation starts with the people in front of me in line. And one of the women, I was talking to him for a little while and she goes, wait, you look familiar. And I said, well, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't handle those things. Well, I'm just like, well, I, I don't know where you would have seen me, but um, my name's Buck. What's yours? And she goes, Oh, wait, there's no way that you're that you're Buck. My my boyfriend, I can't remember his boyfriend, husband, fiance. Anyway, she also hated me because her boyfriend, husband, fiance watches the show at night and she's tired of hearing my voice at 8 30 on a a Monday, a Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. So Lauren, my deepest apologies. I saw I am so sorry for anything that we have just done to disrupt your household on this Monday evening. Please forgive me. Take it out on your husband, Billy. It's his fault. <laughs> All right, let's talk about, let's talk about this depth chart that was put out today. This, this thing, this thing that I hate, this thing that has been the bane of my existence for the better part of 10 hours today, since they handed it to us when we walked out to the Titans practice fields uh, earlier this morning. So they released the 2021 unofficial, unofficial depth chart. And literally, 
as the great. So there's a there's a a, a PR staff who handles uh, who handles all. I love I love that now. I love that now is uh, I love that now that the, the chat is communicating amongst one another that their various wives or husbands always tell whoever watches this show to turn the volume down. She's trying to watch. Uh, Kenneth Davidson's wife is trying to watch the Royals and Yankees game, and here I am screaming about a death chart. Anyway, I love, I love that <laughs> my wife just said she said she feel the same way that lady do. Listen, guys, you are putting me in a bad position. Don't let your significant Aubrey Calvin. This is killing me. I didn't realize that I was causing such a such emotional strain in your guys' relationship. Why has nobody brought this to my attention? Before it's too funny. I'm so sorry that I'm doing this to all of your wives or husbands or whoever doesn't like the fact that you listen to this show at 8:37 on a Monday. Anyway, let's stay on course so we can get you out of here and back to your significant others. Jesus Christ. So we get handed this today. Now the Titans have a PR staff of four. The great Dwight Spradlin of Titans PR hands me this, okay? He hands me this today while we're walking out there to practice before I do my radio show. <laughs> Keelan Watson just called me a home wrecker. I can't, I can't with you guys. This is the funniest chat uh, tonight. It's it's 9.30 here, says Aubrey Cavill. Aubrey, I got nothing for you on the East Coast. I'm sorry. Um, so Dwight Spradlin of Titans PR, you guys aren't going to distract me. We're going to stay on course. We're going to get you out of here in a timely fashion. Hands me this today and says, here we go. Tweet it out. Watch Twitter explode. And so I did that. I did that. Well, I looked at it first. I went through I went through the depth chart. And I'm saying, okay, so we start at the top with the offense. I don't know. I don't want to hold this up to the camera for you guys to see. But you can clearly see that offense is at the top of the unofficial depth chart. So uh, I start with the wide receivers. I say, okay, Julio Jones wide receiver. And then the second position, the second damn position that I get to is tight end. And already I have a problem here. It, because the starting tight end is listed as number 87, not number 86, number 87, Jeff Swain, Jeff Swain. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go through the, the issues that I take with this and why the Titans produced this particular list, gave it to the media, and then sat back and watched his Twitter burn across the internet because of this one insignificant, wrinkled up, crumpled piece of paper. But first, we need your Two Rivers Ford take, if you would be so kind. Let me know in the comment section on Facebook Live, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. Ask your significant others if they're tell if you're they're sitting next to you telling you to turn the volume down on that jerk who's just screaming about Titans depth charts and things of this nature. Debbie Walton says she doesn't hate me. Well, thank you, Debbie. I appreciate the uh, we do have a strong female contingent uh, between Debbie and and uh, and Karen. Um, Kim, we see from time to time on Facebook Live. Maybe it's not great. Maybe it's not such a strong female contingent. If I can name up Puka, I mean, not, there's there's a lot of a lot of women that hang out in the uh, in the chat because we got a lot of female sports fans, which we love to see. It makes me very happy uh, to see a, a little bit of a more evenly distributed ratio than one might in sports conversations. But you two rivers for take which Titans position group depth most concerns you? Let me know. In the comments on Facebook Live, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch, your Two Rivers Ford take. And while you guys do that, I will tell you about Two Rivers Ford. They have been producing uh, not just exceptional uh, customer service, not just quality American-made Ford vehicles, not just 
operating for nearly 40 years as the best Ford dealer in town. They are making all manner of affordable, cost-effective vehicles that fit your family's budget and your needs. You know, you've heard me talk a lot about my friends at Two Rivers Ford, but some of you out there, and that's okay, you haven't checked out Ford lately. I'm here to tell you why you should. They've got amazing new vehicles in the works, like the Ford Maverick. The Maverick is a smaller truck built for you all out there who aren't necessarily truck people. It's compact, gets great gas mileage. At the same time, it's roomy. All the bells and whistles come with the 2022 Ford Maverick. But here's the kicker. It is priced at under $20,000, which is pretty damn cool. Only uh, only available for pre-order right now is the Ford Maverick. It's not on the lot just yet, but you can stop by any Two Rivers Ford. Uh, by You can stop by Two Rivers Ford at any time and talk to any of their non-commissioned salespeople. Just go to the dealership seven miles east of Mount Juliet, give them a call, or visit them online at tworiversford.com. Their non-commissioned sales staff puts zero pressure on you throughout the car buying experience. The best in the business is Two Rivers Ford. Uh, so, which position, which position's depth concerns you the most? Uh, Karen O'Keefe uh, finds it as offensive as I do that Swaim is listed ahead is listed ahead of Ferkser. So, Anthony Ferkser, by the way, is going to be on the radio show today. Today, or, or tomorrow, today, we had Jeffrey Simmons, uh, which was a great interview. Go check it out. The Buck Rising Show and your favorite podcast app, the radio show that I do from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. Tomorrow, Ferkser at 11.15, so don't miss it. So I'm going through the depth chart. Uh, the, the Titans Media is tweeting out the depth chart. Everybody is losing their minds because Jeff Swaim is listed at the starting as the starting tight end as opposed to Anthony Ferkser. Ty Sambrello and Kendall Lamb are listed as the co-starters at right tackle. Dylan Radens, the second-round draft pick, not even listed as a tackle. He's Nate Davis's backup right now, according to this thing, at right guard. You go further down the list, defense, you know, Danico Autry, Tier Tart, Jeffrey Simmons, Dupree, Jayon Rashawn, Harold, Jackrabbit Jenkins. Then you get to the corner depth after Jackrabbit, and you see that Caleb Farley and Elijah Molden on this particular depth chart are listed as the 6th and 7th or 7th and 8th corners on the depth chart. Immediately, this I mean, this thing was invalid as soon as I got to Swain, the second position on this damn list, because Jeff, Jeff Swain is nothing personal to Jeff Swain. He's just been on a bike. He's been on the bike for two weeks of training camp. Ferkser is actually participating. So there has to be some kind of motivational tool that they uh, that they have uh, for Ferkser in this regard to try and get him to compete a little more, or maybe this is what they look like in 11 personnel with a blocking tight end. Whatever this is, don't get bent out of shape about it. But it does bring up an interesting question, now that you can see the full depth, about where the depth concerns are. This doesn't mean anything, but it does let you know who is it cur- who is currently on this roster in a way that you guys might not have known prior to this, unless you're studying transactions very closely, which... I would say for the vast majority of you, you're not. That's okay. That's why I'm here to do that uh, that job for you. Skiddly Bob says it perfectly, though. Vrabel is the biggest troll. That's right, because Mike, we so we got these we got we got these uh, unofficial depth charts before practice, and the first thing that popped into my mind is like, oh my god, we're going to ask Mike Vrabel questions about an unofficial depth chart, and he's going to handle it, I'm sure, swimmingly, which in fact he did. I think that if you'll see some of the rookies. You know, we like to ask them to earn the right 
to, to be able to, to be in there. And whether they're with the second group because of, you know, an injury or opportunity, um, you know, we want to make sure that they're earning the right to, to be on this football team, um, just like everybody else. But, um, you know, there's a lot of names here, and there's going to be a lot of different combinations uh, as we work our way through the preseason. There'll be a lot of combinations on Friday um, as we get to our first game. So I wouldn't put a lot of stock into it on what it looks like now. I think we can all anticipate that some of these names will remain uh, as starters for us going into the season. But then, you know, there'll be a lot of other guys that throughout the course of the preseason and games, um, you know, work their way up or work their way down. So, you know, a legitimate answer from Mike, but also keeping in mind that there's a lot of names on this list, on this depth chart. By the way, happy, happy game week, preseason game in Atlanta. We'll do primetime. We'll do primetime Thursday night from Atlanta, and then I'll be in Atlanta. Uh, I'll do the radio show in Atlanta on Friday. I'll cover the game Friday night. I'll come home Saturday. Um, and that will be great because it'll be like an actual game, something that we haven't had in quite some time. And with fans in attendance, one would think in Atlanta. Um, I don't know how many Falcons fans are going to show up for a preseason game, but knock on wood, I'd like to see some people out there. So if you're in Atlanta and you're going to the game, or if you're traveling to the game in Atlanta because you haven't been to a Titans game in a while either, would love to see you people. Makes me very happy to see our people whenever there are events to be attended. Which position, though, based on what Mike Vrabel's saying there, that they want them these guys to earn their spots. Don't get too bent out about bent out of shape about where the rookies are on this particular depth chart. Who's listed in front of whom? Whatever it is, don't don't twist yourself into knots over it. But now that you know what the depth chart looks like in more detail, maybe than you did earlier in the day or or prior to training camp, or kind of just keeping tabs from a distance before we get to the preseason and you start to see some of these guys on TV, which depth which position's depth concerns you the most? Let me know in the comments section on Facebook Live, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. Uh, cornerback says Latriel Cole. So let's look at the corners right now. We'll just go through the list as, as they are ranked on the depth chart, shall we? So at on the outside right now, your starters, according to this unofficial, Jackrabbit Jenkins and Christian Fulton. Okay, outside corners. Um, then behind them, their backups are Chris Jackson, the rookie seventh-round pick from last year, and Breon Borders, who is a, uh, a journeyman who's bounced around, played some good snaps for this team last year, but, you know, understandably, not uh, Caleb Farley or Elijah Molden. Behind Chris Jackson and Breon Borders, there is Chris Jones and Brian Body Calhoun, who we have taken to calling uh, Camp Body Calhoun because we do not believe that uh, Brian Body Calhoun or Bri Brian Body Calhoun, however you say it. In fact, there's a pronunciation guide, so let me not butcher this. Oh, he didn't even make the pronunciation. Okay. I'm reading names that don't even make the pronunciation guide at the bottom of the roster, and we're talking about this seriously, like these guys are over Caleb Farley and Elijah Molden. This is why I can't with this, with this with this unofficial depth chart. This is that is one of the many reasons why this thing is crap. Anyway, so Body, Camp Body Calhoun, as we've taken to calling him, ahead of Caleb Farley, Kevin Peterson, whom uh, I just now discovered there was a Kevin Peterson on the roster, number 28, and Elijah Moulton. So those are your corners right now. Now, what I'll say to you is Jack Rabbit, good player. Christian Fulton has had a good camp. We'll see 
uh, how his second year, how he progresses in his second year. But by all accounts, talent, high ceiling. All right, you can live with Christian Fulton. Good starters. Chris Jackson played more snaps than any rookie for the Titans last year. Now, he was forced into some unfavorable positions because of the way that the injury started with the Dory Jackson missing as much time as he did and Jonathan Joseph being a, a bit of a train wreck. So Chris Jackson has experience, not the worst thing in the world, and he's versatile. Plays both safety and corner. Breon Borders, as we mentioned, a good depth piece for you last year. Looks better as your fifth or fourth corner than he does as your starting outside corner, which he was at several points. And then Caleb Farley and Elijah Molden, right? So if you keep five, I feel pretty good, Latriel, about the corner depth. In fact, I feel I feel pretty good about the way that this they basically they basically nuked this thing and still came out. I mean, not still. I mean, they came out better. They came out better than they than they went into this offseason with by almost any measure that you hold this up against. As long as these guys stay healthy and not all of them will stay healthy for the entire season. They will see some attrition, as as does any football team. But when you look at that, if you're talking top five, not the body camp, camp body Calhoun or all these other guys who are just kind of hangers on at this point, maybe one or two of them makes uh, the roster over a Breon Borders or a Chris Jackson based on how they continue to perform and special teams, obligations, things of this nature. But I feel pretty good about cornerback. Dom Odell says inside backer. I think they are pretty thin there after Jayon and Rashawn. I don't know who the hell a Jan. I mean, I do know, I do know Jan Johnson, but I don't know Jan Johnson to be a legitimate backup for them right now. David Long is fine, um, and Monty Rice is listed at the end of the inside linebacker depth chart, which, which again means precious little to me because of the way that Vrabel just articulated they need these guys to earn their place on the team, so they're not just going to put them in as backups or starters right out of the gate on the first unofficial depth chart. This thing is as much mind games. I'm waving it violently in front of the microphone. It's as much mind games by the coaches as it is is actual information for you to consume. We'll continue. I'll tell you where I think they're thinnest here in just a second because I've seen it every day through 10 days that we've been out at camp here in just a second, right after I tell you about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. America's top-rated sportsbook app is DraftKings Sportsbook. And just like America's favorite sportsbook is DraftKings Sportsbook, America's favorite time of year, everyone's favorite time of year, is right around the court. It's college football season. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you at the center of the action with 200 bucks in free bets instantly if you just bet $1 on any college football game. Take advantage of this limited-time offer right now. It's crazy. They're giving you $199, basically, if you bet $1 uh, at DraftKings Sportsbook. So head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and check out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts that they are offering, like this one. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code A2ZSports to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code A2ZSports to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Tennessee only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789. DraftKings Sportsbook, promo code A2Z Sports. Crazy offer. 
that they're giving out. Uh, so Chris Frazier says neither, but I guess field goal, uh, field goal kicker is something. Yeah, Tucker McCann is currently listed as the Titans kicker. Sam Ficken behind him. We'll see how that competition plays out. They've been they've been more accurate since they got rid of Blake Hawbeal. If that's any uh, if that's any satisfaction to people right now, and they're working with that uh, specific kicker coach whose name escapes me right now. I believe Will Hoyt is the last name of the. Uh, he hosts a uh, he hosts a kicking camp, the Will Hoyt Kicking Academy. James Will Hoyt, who of course uh, was a kicker at the University of Tennessee for many years, um, and famously has a uh, has a major make over Florida in his history. Um, safety says Kenneth Davison. Yeah, I mean, there's there's going to be an interesting conversation about safety. And in fact, I'd like to save the safety conversation for the final segment of this show because they picked the safety over the guy who you see at the bottom of your screen. And that could bite them in the ass uh, come, what is it, like week seven, week eight against the Kansas City Chiefs. But we'll save that conversation for later on. John Bertotti on YouTube has the correct answer with which Titans position group the depth of them most concerns you. I will say to you, as I look at this roster, the thing that jumps out of me immediately, because I've seen it every day in camp, for a variety of different reasons, whether it's injury or load management for veterans at the positions across the board, the offensive line right now is pretty thin. They have continued to try and bring bodies in here to supplement the amount that they've lost. They are working, you know, Taylor Lewan back into the rotation but he has been managed, uh, I won't say a great deal, but he's certainly been, his his workload during the practice week has been managed, as has been the case for Ben Jones, who's not coming off an injury. Um, I mean, he had several, he was banged up last year, but he never missed time due to injury the way that Lawan did. Roger Saffold, also somebody who receives load management. A.J. Brown hasn't practiced for due day, two days because of this. Julio hasn't practiced. I mean, we're going on a week on Julio Jones watch since the last time we've seen him out on the practice field. So, you know, take this with a grain of salt. But paper thin right now is the offensive line because the depth guys behind the starters stink, at least against going against the Titans defensive line, which who who sports right now, Danico Autry, Jeffrey Simmons, and T.R. Tart, who's a good player, uh, it would seem. Or at least he's a good player against the Titans' backup offensive lineman. So we'll see what he looks like against legitimate competition. But right now I have been unimpressed. You know, David Questenberry is fine. Aaron Brewer, who may make a difference when he comes off of uh, PUP. He has not yet been cleared from PUP, but he is somebody who put together uh, some good snaps for them on the field when Saffold and Jones missed time um, in the middle of games a couple of times last year. Daniel Munyer, who has been Jones backup right now in the absence of Aaron Brewer, I can tell you definitively that Daniel Munyer is not good at playing the center position. So many botched snaps. So many botched snaps on Saturday to the point where it was becoming, I mean, it was just becoming unwatchable as a product on the field. And the offense looked much, much better today. Um, ben, I do not believe, was out there. So a good day by Munyer, but a better day by the receivers and really by Tannehill who's starting to settle in after the uh, early interceptions in camp. Nate Davis is back up currently on this roster. Right guard is Dylan Radens, who has been inconsistent by any stretch of the imagination, so much so that the position that he was drafted to play is not a position he is currently in line to play. Ty Sambrello on the right side is is interesting, right? Um, played fine on the left side. I think he's more comfortable 
at left. So we'll see what that transition looks like for him. But Kendall Lamb got hurt today. Kendall Lamb left practice with an arm injury. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head which arm he injured, but I will say to you that he did not come back out of the facility once he entered. So I'm concerned most about the offensive line depth at this point. Jason Sanders says, it's been tight end from the jump for me. Doesn't feel like much was done to help fill the gap left by Jonu Smith. Well, they haven't done with they haven't done it with one player, right? They've done it with a collection of guys who do a bunch of different things. Janu, a more well-rounded player that you could leave uh, on in line to block, who you could split out wide, who could line up in the backfield, who you can do a great many things with. Um, Ferkser and Swaim and Hudson, Stocker, Pinckney, Miller, Forrestal, whatever Donnie Ernsberger is, he's a newer addition. To this roster, they, they're not, none of them, Jonu Smith, obviously, but some of the guys combined, their skill sets, their talents, is how they've kind of looked to fill the gap, and, and they may not be done, by the way. Um, I thought that they would always add help at the tight end position. Stocker ended up being that help at the tight end position, which I think ultimately dooms somebody like Tommy Hudson or Jared Pinckney, who has, had, who has struggled uh, to catch the ball consistently and comfortably in the last couple of days. But, um, yeah, I understand why tight end would look on paper, certainly this paper, to be unsatisfactory. They uh, they threw uh, dots to make that list, so no trust in that list, says Aubrey Calvin. Yeah, I would not trust this list. It's just simply for the purposes, uh, simply for the purposes of, um, of, preseason and for conversation amongst you guys because this is how you know this is how they keep the fans engaged heading into preseason week number one or this is how they create conversation amongst you guys heading into preseason game number one um buck i think Jadavion Clowney is in the youtube chat says evan c white why am i being trolled and i'm missing it um somebody is uh oh Clowney super bowl okay buck you look like a modern max headroom to be honest a modern max headroom i don't even know what that means uh, maybe that's something I shouldn't Google on a work computer. I have no idea. So somebody's going to have to explain to me whether I'm being insulted by uh, Clowney Super Bowl, who you know inherently is is making you know how could you not make fun of somebody whose name is Clowney Super Bowl when Jadavian Clowney couldn't even play. I mean, he did play eight games for you, but he played them poorly, and now is on the Cleveland Browns. So unless you're a Browns fan and you're saying Clowney Super Bowl, even then I would tell you. That uh, that the league has told you what Jadavion Clowney is, and he doesn't make a difference for between whatever team he plays for and the Super Bowl. He's just kind of there uh, to collect his check and move on with his day. AJ Brown just unloaded on PK, says Texas Sports ten fifteen. Oh no! Oh, I just got a text about it. <laughs> I uh, uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> so AJ Brown says, "I'm gonna say this as nice as I can." Because Paul tweeted out a video of Josh Reynolds and saying does not ex- look explosive to him. Okay, it's a uh, it's a it's a video of Josh Reynolds, who, by the way, I happen to agree with. But I uh, I'm reading this quote tweet from AJ Brown. It says I'm gonna say this as nice as I can. Nobody asked for your effing. He did not say effing. I will say effing opinion. He's probably working through something like everybody else in camp. I'll probably get in trouble for this, but I don't even care. Need to learn some respect fast. <laughs> oh my God, Paul. That's too funny. I thought the players really hate Paul. 
And it's not, listen, it's not essential. He's not, Paul's not out there to be friends with the players. I'm, I'm not out there to be friends with the players. We are out there to do the job of covering the team and to give our informed opinion about the team. Now, I would agree. I would agree with, with Paul's assessment that Josh Reynolds does not look explosive. Um, I would also, I mean, we'd had this conversation and you'll hear, you'll hear this. Reed, if we can, if we can, if we can put this out, uh, talking about AJ Brown roasting the local media from, uh, from the A to Z sports Twitter account is what we're talking about right now. I'm sure people would be curious to know what's going on. I think AJ's probably already deleted the tweet. (laughs) No, it's still up there three minutes later. Oh God, poor, I mean. So we're not out there to be friends with the players. Now, Paul, the way that he conducts himself with people, rubs rubs uh, rubs some of the guys the wrong way, and some of the people that work over there. And that's like Paul doesn't. I don't. I genuinely think, even though I love him to death, he can be super thin-skinned sometimes. And we, you know, we go back and forth all the time. You guys know I'm friends with Kaharski. Uh, but sorry, I dropped my. My depth chart, screaming at the, I can't lose the depth chart that I'm too busy screaming at. But the way that we handle our business, you know, I, I think that there are, there are layers of diplomacy to where you can make an observation like that and people won't be so inclined to clap back at you. Uh, I got irritated with Paul after how he went after Biles for quitting. You know, everybody, again, everybody is entitled to their opinion, but the way that you carry yourself, and Paul's Paul knows this. He's a he's a grown ass man, um, and you know this is good for Paul because it's going to get he's going to get more engagement off of this for AJ clapping back. So you know chess, not checkers, right? But I do think that in trying to cover a team, that it does hurt him sometimes when the players very much seem to have a distaste for him. And that's unfortunate because I do think Paul does a great job. Um, But, you know, I can understand, (laughs) I can understand sometimes why, uh, why guys feel, uh, why guys feel it necessary to clap back at him. That is too funny. AJ Brown on Twitter going after Kaharski. So that's how, uh, that's how things go. Um, AJ Brown's response to Paul Kaharski's tweet. Oh, so, so producer Reed just went full clickbait on the show. Cause now we're going to get all kinds of people piling in here. Damn it, Reed. You're going to make me look bad. That's okay. I told you to do it. That's on me. Uh, we will continue to have the conversation about social media. Cause listen, you know, let's just divert quickly from the conversation that we were going to have. Because this is something that Teron Davenport, myself, and uh, Corey Curtis of News 2 talked about on the 615 Sessions podcast that you will hear at midnight tonight because it's already been taped. It's just it's scheduled to go out in your feed. We talked about the ride receivers, and specifically, we talked about Josh Reynolds. Now, Paul is Paul is tweeting about Josh Reynolds and his lack of explosion. And the observation that I brought up, not to completely undermine the podcast for tomorrow, but you'll go listen to it and you'll hear great analysis from TD and Corey Curtis about this. But I don't necessarily think that w- that Paul's assessment about, about Josh Reynolds is wrong. Now, I will say that AJ brings up a great point. We have no idea what Josh Reynolds is playing through. 
Josh Reynolds has just recently returned to practice. Prior to whatever knocked him out of practice for a, maybe maybe about a week, I think, ultimately, um, we don't know what the severity of the injury is. We don't know how much he's trying to push through because he may think, uh, Mayburn says, Josh, that's why you are third. But the thing is, Mayburn, I don't even know that Josh Reynolds is third on this wide receiver depth chart. Now, let, I guess I could look at the unofficial depth chart and tell you who is technically third. But right now, after Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, it's Marcus Johnson and Nick Westbrook-Akina. After those two, it's Cameron Batson and uh, Kalijah Lipscomb. After those guys, it's Fred Brown and Racy McMath. After that, it's Des Fitzpatrick. So, okay, and Josh, never mind. I completely misread this. Josh Reynolds is their starter in the slot, according to this unofficial depth chart. So I just completely missed the line with the slot receivers because that also lists Chester Rogers and Mason Kinsey. But Josh Reynolds is technically, according to this thing, the starting slot receiver. But I do contend, I do contend that it, I don't necessarily know what he's what he's bogged down by. And that's unfortunate because he came here with an opportunity. He's trying to prove himself. He has a really unique set of circumstances here to where he can thrive, I think, if he can get himself physically right. And by all accounts, that's what he's tried to do. AJ is AJ is totally spot on. We have no idea what he's what he's pushing himself through is we don't know many of these guys. They're not going to tell us. Uh, and sure as hell, their head coach isn't going to tell us about it. So with Reynolds, Paul's not wrong in that he doesn't through what the, the limited sample size that we've seen of him throughout the course of the off season and into training camp, he does not look explosive. Explosiveness is, it needs to be a part of his game, but he doesn't need to look like Julio Jones coming off the line of scrimmage. You know what I'm saying? Like he's he's a slot receiver. He does need to have that burst. He does not. He does need to have. Uh, he does need to have a a degree of explosion to him. I'm trying to think of a, a a not a. I'm trying to avoid super technical terms because I don't want to get bogged down in the minutia of this thing. But like think of Tajay Sharp, okay? Think of Josh Reynolds as a souped up Tajay Sharp. Think of Josh Reynolds on third down slot, uh, moving the sticks, big bodied guy. Moves well in space. Tajay was was kind of the same build as Josh Reynolds. And Tajay worked really well in this offense. You can find uses for a guy who may not necessarily be overwhelming athletic or explosive and still use him to be able to convert critical third downs and be a red zone target, right? He's a tall, long, big wingspan receiver. And how he moves in space you know, is is a matter of some contention at this point. But ultimately, I think both, I, I hate to be Switzerland in the middle of this, but I think both sides are right to agree. He doesn't look explosive right now in camp. And also, we got no idea what he's playing through. So I think that's just a, a moment of <laughs> Paul running up players, running up against players who don't really like Paul. And, and that's okay. They don't have to like Paul. They don't have to like any of us. Uh, quit reading a piece of toilet paper, says Brad Lifford, talking about the Unofficial depth chart. Indeed, that is the case. Now, now, Tehran, Tehran said something about Tehran said something about Josh Reynolds today that is absolutely must listen. Now, Tehran played college wide receiver, so Tehran understands this position better than any of us covering the Nashville media. Go tomorrow if you're not 
because it'll pop in your podcast feed three hours from now. All right. Six one five sessions, midnight central time. Every Tuesday is where you can catch it. Tomorrow, Corey Curtis to Ron Davenport. We talked about this specifically with Josh Reynolds. Teron said something that I shocked me is probably too extreme about Josh Reynolds, but something that I think if you care about the construction of this roster at all and what this team did in the offseason, you're going to want to hear. So subscribe, rate, review to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network where you get my 615 Sessions podcast in that feed every Tuesday with all my Nashville media friends. All right, let's uh, let's let's let me tell you quickly about our friends, by the way. At uh, because I don't just have Nashville media friends. I have friends all over the place in Middle Tennessee, just like my friends at Brymac Mechanical. B-R-Y-M-A-K. Brymac.com is where you go for satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. They will get you in position to succeed. They will get you in your comfort zone, most importantly, whether it be commercially or residentially. B-R-Y-M-A-K. Brymac Mechanical. All right. Let's uh, let's wrap this up with a missed opportunity by the Tennessee Titans and talk about Trey Smith, who is uh, a starter for another AFC team right now, according to their unofficial depth chart. The question that we have for you, we'll save this corner topic for another night since we got sidetracked with, I don't know if it's news, but we got a little bit of, a little bit of spice thrown in the show. And so we appreciate A.J. Brown for, uh, for doing that for us, because I do think it opens up an interesting conversation later in the week, and certainly as we get closer to Friday, about the wide receivers in the preseason. The question that we have for you guys is this about Trey Smith. Where should the Titans have drafted Vols offensive lineman Trey Smith? Let me know on Facebook Live, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. Uh, and we will move things in this direction. Uh, but I, I would say to you, um, I would say to you ultimately that the situation, the situation with uh with, I'm getting texts about this Paul AJ thing and it's cracking me up, but we're going to stay focused. We're going to stay on topic. I will say to you that Trey Smith was a, a, a health risk. Understandably, the blood clots cause problems. It's something that, uh, it's something that, you know, I think scared a lot of teams off in the way that if your doctors didn't have the opportunity to evaluate them or get a full medical evaluation, you don't want to, you don't want to risk a, a mid-round draft pick even on a guy whose future you're very, very uncertain about. And a lot of people, it seems, in the NFL were very, very uncertain about Trey Smith coming out of Tennessee. But the question is, where should they have drafted him? Chris Frazier says we should have kept Conklin. No, Conklin was way too much money. You're, you, you do need offensive line depth, but Conklin on the, on the contract that he's on, it's just it wasn't worth it to you. Um, because you had to pay Derrick Henry, so or and Johnus. Well, you didn't pay Johnus Smith. Derrick Henry got the Johnus Smith money because you devote that kind of money to a tight end or a running back, and they opted to pay the running back here. But where should the Titans have drafted Trey Smith? Let me know in the comment section on Facebook Live, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. We will talk about it together right after I tell you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address without the stress. That is where you go for the official real estate agent of the Tennessee Titans and A to C Sports Prime Time. Gary Ashton will help you win the buyer battle because they have the best intel and the best properties in Middle Tennessee. Trust the Ashton team, just as I did, to find my dream address 
without the stress. They will put you in the best possible position regarding your real estate investments. And if you're in the market to sell, the Ashton team will help you sell for more at GaryAshton.com. Where should the Titans have drafted uh, drafted Trey Smith out of Tennessee? Because what I saw today made me huh, made me well. What I saw yesterday technically made me laugh out loud because it was the Chiefs' official depth chart and who was sitting in the right guard slot, starting right guard guard slot in front of Patrick Mahomes. It was none other than Trey Smith. So much so. Uh, so much interesting about the Trey Smith conversation that it's even made a, a right guard, a rookie right guard, as a sixth-round draft pick is being discussed on Good Morning Football on NFL Network. Listen to what they had to say about Trey Smith, and then tell me if you don't think the Titans screwed up on this. St. Joseph's, Missouri is mm-hmm. where the Chiefs do their training camp. A lot of guys are sleeping in their own beds. Those guys are in dorms. All right, They are doing it old-school style there in St. Joseph, Missouri. And the biggest star at a training camp has not been Patrick Mahomes, hasn't been Tyreek Hill, it hasn't been Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It is a rookie right guard named Trey Smith. This has become a very niche thing with Chiefs bloggers that this guy is dominating the defensive line. He's a sixth-round pick, and if you know how the Chiefs fans feel about their offensive line after the Super Bowl, they are desperate for these young guys to step up. And every... Day, whether it be Arrowhead Pride or Arrowhead Attic Kingdom, Arrowhead Attic, there are cutups from practice of Trey Smith just laying out Frank Clark they and laying him. out Alex Okafor, like taking care of business. So Trey Smith, and if you know the Chiefs fan, how desperate they are to see a functional offensive line, mm-hmm. Trey Smith is the biggest star. I can't wait to see him. I want to see what he's got because he's becoming Paul Bunyan okay. amongst these Chiefs fans. Like this, this, this myth. Let's see, sixth round pick out of Tennessee. Is he really going to be the next uh, Quentin Nelson? Mm. Maybe. We'll see. I would say to you, I would say to you that Trey Smith, a right guard, a rookie right guard, a six-round draft pick being discussed on national television, tells you everything you need to know about the way that this dude is kicking ass and taking names. And now it could cost the Titans because he could be somebody who they see starting against them when the Chiefs come to Nashville. Uh, I believe it's in October. It's before the Monday night football game against the Bills, or it's either Bills, Chiefs, or Chiefs, Bills. I can't remember. They're in the same week, though. Um, basically with the way that that schedule goes, it is, it's a massive missed opportunity because Trey Smith, the, the last pick of the Titans draft this year was Brady breeze. The last pick of the Titans draft class was Brady breeze in the sixth round. Um, they also got racing McMath in the sixth round, but he went a few picks earlier before Brady breeze, the safety out of Oregon. Trey Smith went 11 picks after Brady breeze. And you don't necessarily need help at right guard right now. But at some point, or, or I mean, you have a starting offensive line, right tackle TBD. I don't know if Trey Smith could have played right tackle. I know that they at some point need a solution to replace Roger Saffold, who is getting a little longer in the tooth. And, and as this offensive line ages, the center, the left tackle, the left guard, they are going to be needing to find some fresh new blood to help Nate Davis out to kind of stabilize this offensive line. Trey Smith would have been a perfect, perfect, perfect player to be able to slot in there. And something that uh, something that I think was a massive missed opportunity by a by a guy or by an organization that you know with he, I know he's not local he's not from Nashville but honestly I think that he would have they would have found a place to develop him to make sure that the medicals were sound on him given that he is just two hours and change down the road in Knoxville or I guess over in Knoxville not down in Knoxville. 
But ultimately, I think that a missed opportunity was Trey Smith, especially 11 picks after a guy in Brady Breeze who I don't think, I, I don't know, maybe he beats out Dane Crookshank for a roster spot, but I just don't see it happening right now through two weeks of camp. There's time for things to change up. Anyway, that's been an eventful show. It was a good time had here on A to Z Sports Prime Time. We'll be back at it tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central Time or thereabouts. Radio show tomorrow. Make sure that you're listening. We have Anthony Ferkser. He will be on at 11.15 Central Time on 104.5 The Zone. Or if you miss it live, check out the podcast. We invite you to do so. Jeffrey Simmons, uh, yesterday, no, Jeffrey Simmons today. I got my days all mixed up. Jeffrey Simmons was on the radio show today. He was great. Go listen to that interview. Um, and on the podcast tomorrow, subscribe, rate, and review to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network because Teron, Corey Curtis, myself, we spent a lot of time on Josh Reynolds specifically and whether he's even a lock to make this roster. That's a tease. Go check it out. The 615 Sessions comes your way in just under three hours from now. Enjoy the rest of your evening. We will keep things cranking out. We will keep the content flowing because it is game week. I got a game release in my email today, and I was getting a little tired. I was laying on the couch before I walked upstairs for prime time to my office. I said, I'm dragging a little bit. And then a game release hit my email as I was laying on the couch feeling sorry for myself. And I said, you know what? Damn it. I'm not tired yet. No! No!